Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing today in our studies going through the book of 1 Thessalonians. And we are here in chapter number 4. And we've been looking at verse number 11, which says, And that ye study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands, as we commanded you. So, last week we ended looking at some of these issues of why it is that the Apostle Paul was talking about the fact that they needed to work with their hands. And the responsibility that individuals in this dispensation have related to the fact that we are supposed to be working, especially as we saw over in the book of Ephesians, the fact that we are to be working so that way we would be able to provide for those who have need. Paul writing to Timothy talked about the fact that individuals need to be providing for their own household, to be worse than an infidel if they were not doing so. Now, what we see in scriptures and what we're going to pick up with today is that there are some things that people will pull out of the Bible to really almost make it seem that it's teaching something radically different for today. Let's go over to Matthew chapter number 19. And this is one of these passages that even individuals who do try to follow and say, you know, what would Jesus do and look at the things in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that they do want to almost avoid this because of the context of what is really actually being said here in Matthew 19. And we're going to read from verse 16 down through verse number 26. So Matthew 19, verse 16 says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is, God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? 
But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now, we see how this passage starts with the question of, you know, in verse 16, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? You know, this would really be the equivalent of someone coming up to you today and asking, what they would have to do in order to have salvation. And we see that the answer that's being given here by the Lord Jesus Christ is reflective of the ministry that's been given to the nation of Israel here in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because he's telling them that they're going to have to keep the commandments. They're going to have to follow the things that are written in the law. This is not optional, as some would claim. This is not just a suggestion that's being given. This is the responsibility that they have. The Lord Jesus Christ did not point to the cross that was going to happen. He did not give the gospel message that we have today that's given exclusively to the Apostle Paul for us during this dispensation. The fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and how someone puts their trust in that and that alone is what gives someone salvation today. That's not the message that's being given here. The issue is that it starts with the fact that they need to keep the commandments, keep the law. And when the individuals ask what you see that the Lord Jesus Christ gives some examples that go along with this. And then the individual claims, well, you know, I've done all that from my youth. You know, so he's making this claim that, you know, I've already done all of those things. So what do I lack? What lack I in order to have eternal life? Now, the Lord Jesus Christ does not dispute the fact that this individual had done those things. You know, he just says, okay, you know, you're saying this is what you've done. Now I'm going to give you what it is that you lack, which is to sell all you have, give to the poor, and follow me. And the individual refuses to do that because he has the desire for all of those earthly goods that he has. Now, we would look at this description here as, you know, man has a term for this philosophy, the idea of communism, of individuals having all things in common. And this is what was being instructed. We see how the individual fails to actually do thing. And this is not something that is, you know, Okay, well, this is just a one-time thing that was being said. 
we see how, and we're going to go over into the book of Acts now, and see how during the early part of the book of Acts, this is actually what they were doing. So let's turn over to Acts chapter number 2. And we're going to see how, you know, here in Acts 2, you have Peter addressing the nation of Israel. Here, you know, in verse 14, you see who the audience, when it says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. And then he's going to proclaim some things of the program and salvation that was being given. He accuses them of their rejection of the Messiah. So let's pick up here in verse number 36, which says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So now we see the message as being proclaimed here. Again, that's not this message as given to the Apostle Paul. So this is not... The birth of the church, as some would try to make that claim of saying that Acts chapter number 2 is the very beginning of this dispensation. Israel is still the focus. The kingdom is still being offered. And we see what happens as we see Luke, who writes the book of Acts, describing what is going on here when we pick up here at verse number 41 of Acts chapter 2 and it says then they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. So we see here in Acts chapter number 2, that they were following that instruction that we found over in the book of Matthew and that they were selling all that they had, giving to the poor and following the ministry, following the program that had been laid out. Let's turn over to chapter number 4. And we're going to see as the book of Acts continues, that we see that we're going to have it recorded here again, that they're doing this exact same thing. Pick up here in verse 32 of Acts chapter 4. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. 
and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all, neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold, laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made upon every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So we see this issue of, again, these individuals who are part of this program that they're selling what they have, they're giving the money to the apostles for them to distribute so that way they would have all things common. Now, the reason that this is happening is because in Israel's program, as they're getting ready to enter into the kingdom, they're to be having a complete reliance upon God who's going to provide for them. That's what is going to happen. That's why when you see the fact that there's going to be, you know, during the 70th week, the period of when individuals take the mark and then they're only those who have the mark can buy or sell. And God's going to be providing for his people. This here in Acts 2 and Acts 4 is preparing them for this. That's why we see the whole issue in chapter 5 of when you have Ananias and Sapphira. Let's pick up here in chapter 5, verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira's wife sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart? to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land. Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much? And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young man came in found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. Now, you see how, as Ananias and Sapphira, that they're conspiring, they're keeping things back. You know, verse 3, Peter says that they've lied to the Holy Ghost. And then the very next verse, it's the fact that thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. So Peter confirms that the Holy Ghost is God. You know, so those who deny that, you would have to deny what's being said here in verses 3 and 4. But you see how there's the 
chastisement that comes upon them for their rejection of what was being done. And how, since they were not following the program, they're judged immediately and they're stricken down dead as a result of their transgression. Now, this is the program that's going on prior to Paul's salvation. They're relying completely upon God to provide for them. And then there's the salvation of the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter number 9. And from the point of Paul's salvation, you have the fact because Israel rejected rejected that third offer of the kingdom in Acts chapter number 7, that the dispensation of the grace of God is starting. God is performing a brand new program based on the fall of man. And as the body of Christ is starting to be dealt with, Israel is being dealt with less and less. And now they have a problem. Because... They were relying on God to provide for them. And now they don't have that provision. That's why you see, if we go over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 16, what you see that the Apostle Paul is making a reference to here in 1 Corinthians 16 about the issue. We'll pick up in verse number 1. Of 1 Corinthians 16, which says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in stores. God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whosoever ye shall approve by your letters, them will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. And if it be meet that I go also, they shall go with me. So you have the Apostle Paul essentially taking up a collection for the saints at Jerusalem who no longer had that issue of God providing for them. They've sold all they've had, they've given to the poor, they've they're in need. God's not providing for them. And Paul is saying, okay, you have a surplus. You can provide for their need. And has asked them to take up a collection to help these saints. And this is what they're actually doing. They're providing for these individuals. And the reality of things, when you see, you know, throughout history, you see how the idea of that communal type of living doesn't work. And the main reason why it doesn't work is because man has... The thought process of, well, you know, if, you know, well, we're all supposed to work in order for the thing to have the common good. And then you have one person to say, well, you know what, I, 
I'm still gonna get my share even if I don't work. And so you have one person stop working and then others start seeing that and go, well, if they're not working, I'm not going to do that either. And all of a sudden, there's fewer and fewer people who are actually working with everyone still expecting that they're going to be able to have the same things being provided for them. It doesn't work. You know, you have in the history of the United States, if you go back to the early colonial days, that there was actually a settlement, one of the very first settlements that happened in this country where they tried to do this type of thing and when the next ship arrived that brings supplies, they actually found that everyone who was part of that colony was actually dead because they weren't able to provide for themselves because everybody had stopped working thinking that others were going to be able to provide for them. Now, this is why you have the Apostle Paul and those passages that we had looked at last week talking about the aspect of it, you know, that people need to be working with their hands, that they need to be, you know, when we looked at the passage in Romans 12, it talked about individuals being not slothful, you know, not lazy in their work, you know, individuals providing for their family, you know, Thessalonians talking about how if a person doesn't work, they shouldn't eat. You know, Paul writing all of these things because, you know, one, he's seen what has happened with the nation of Israel. He's inspired by the Holy Ghost and being given the information of, you know, what we need for today and knowing what the focus of everything is during this dispensation. When we look, for example, Ephesians chapter 1, we see in verse 3, when it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. The focus of things is not here on the earth. The focus is the fact that we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Colossians chapter number 3. We're going to see a similar issue of talking about what our focus should be on. We're going to read the first four verses of the book of Colossians in chapter 3. It says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Our focus is on heavenly things. Our blessings are in heavenly things. This is where our focus is. 
This is where all of our promises, that's where our hope is actually a heavenly hope. So in order to be part of that heavenly hope and receive those heavenly blessings and knowing everything of where our focus is to be, that we're going to have to meet our earthly needs on our own in order to be able to continue to function during this dispensation to be pleasing unto God and to be ministering his word unto individuals at this time and that's why you see these aspects of Paul just saying over and over again about how individuals need to be making sure that they are working because these are the things of where what God would have for us to do today. Now, as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some audio files of previous messages, charts to help you in your study of God's word, information on how to join our Sunday service on our Wednesday night Bible study live as they're being broadcast on Facebook. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about anything in our broadcast, anything on our website, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.